Hi there, and thanks for joining us on this episode. We take to the skies with Cork's biggest ever air show, the accountancy firm that's dealing with the rise of the eye worker and the planner who will make your event run as smooth as possible. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Now imagine the scene. You're standing in Cove or the lower harbour. It is the height of the summer and the sky comes alive with aerial acrobats. You've got aircraft of every type. It is the stuff of people's dreams. But the news is that it's about to become a reality as the Cove Air Spectacular is being planned for July of 2020. One of the organisers is with me now in studio, Rich McElwraith. How are you? Great, thanks very much for having me. This is something that has been in your head for a long time, hasn't it? Many years. I mean, an ideal place to have it, uh, for a start. Aviation is my passion, and being a a pure Corkman. And, you know, I I feel it's something that we need to do for Cork, for the harbour, and for aviation in Ireland. We've we've never had one. Have we ever had an air show in Cork that you can remember? Not in Cork Harbour. No, this is a first. I mean, I remember years ago going up to something at the airport when I was a child and my dad, God rest him, uh, paid for me to go on a helicopter, which I thought at the time, I'd say it was nearly a mortgage worth. But uh, I remember thinking that was pretty cool. But as far as I remember, that was a relatively small affair. You're planning something reasonably big, Rich. Approximately two to three hours on that Sunday afternoon in July. That's a lot of planes. It's approximately 12 to 15. We have 10 acts confirmed. Obviously, um, the the more ministerial or uh, defence force type acts are um, due to their operational requirements will not confirm until next year, early next year. But tell me about who you have confirmed. What's already on the list? I'm a big fan of supporting our own. We've got uh, Eddie Goggins, Dave Bruton, Irish aerobatic champions, European aerobatic champion. And we have, of course, the uh, basically we have the Air Corps. We have the Coast Guard. Um, a Catalina, which is an, an old flying machine. Um, we have the Brightling Wingwalkers. Well, hang on a second. What, what is a wingwalker? It's <laughs> quite impressive stuff, especially for the younger generation. Uh, they're basically Boeing Stearman aircraft, and they have two girls on top, attached to the upper wing of the aircraft. Standing on top standing of the Standing while they do their aerobatics. Oh, so, they do, so you've poor unfortunate individuals standing atop the plane as they're going loop-de-loop and, and interacting with each other. That's it. Right. Yeah. I haven't seen them before and I don't think, I'm, I, I'm kind of terrified for them, but they're used to it, I'm Me presuming. too. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, what, what's the genesis of this? How did you and other people come together to create the Cove Air Spectacular? I floated the idea basically um, passed a couple of friends and family down through the years and especially last year um, my sister who's also on the committee uh, she ran with the idea and uh, thought it was just we have to do this so we surrounded ourselves with some very you know people in the know and uh, just built built our, our mini committee which we meet every few weeks and um Talked about it, uh, put it together, and um, we basically contacted the major stakeholders, be it the Gardaí, Port of Cork, Navy, and... Um, and the airport. And, of course, the DA and the Irish Aviation Authority, and uh, just to see, is this a runner? 
You know, it's not every day we can do something like this. I know? mean, people will be familiar with the Bray Air Show, which is a really successful oh, air fantastic. show every year. And again, similar theme, by the sea, a great place where you can, you've lots of vantage points, which I presume is the reason why you're doing it in Cove, is that, yes, you can watch it from Cove, from all the different access points. You can watch it from the other side. You can watch it from Ahada. You can watch it from, there's so many different vantage points that you'll see pretty much everything, won't you? Absolutely. It was, it was a no-brainer. You know, we did fly the line. Um, I took an aircraft with a very good friend of mine. We did a lot of assessments as to how we manoeuvre within this uh, space in front of the town. And um, as we were flying past Cove, uh, one of my colleagues, Jerry, just who's participated in many, many air shows down through the years, just looked at me and he said, this is going to be something. And taking it from a, a, a veteran uh, aerobatic uh, you know, idol of mine. Um, when somebody says that to you, you know it's a runner. And from there, we we started to plan. Now, the, the thing mm. is that what the only frustration here, uh, Rich, is that it's actually going to be July of next year by the time we get to see things in the air. Because there's a lot of planning and preparation Absolutely. that goes into something like this. Absolutely. I mean, it's just over a year since we we got together and and met with all the major stakeholders. Um, so you can imagine trying to book the teams in advance. It's the height of air show season in Europe. Um, you know, these acts need to be booked up. You know, so it's not something you can just decide to do. Yeah. Well, you've got some uh, great sponsors on board, including ourselves here in Cork's Red FM, who are the media partners. Uh, you're also teaming up uh, with the DAA, who are on board. You're also working with Pure Cork, that fantastic brand that's selling yes. the city and selling the county. Um, you, you're looking for a sponsorship as well. Absolutely. So you're looking to team up with people who might want to come on board and support you. Absolutely. Absolutely. We do have <laughs> various tiers of sponsorship. All, you know, We're working on that at the moment as, as we speak. I mean, be it... Uh, I think the biggies here are the aircraft, vintage aircraft, offering flights for potential sponsors over that weekend. Uh, we have, you know, vantage points booked up for corporate. Um, basically, it's uh, it depends on who's sponsoring, what they would like out of it. You know, spinning a vintage aircraft could cost you 10 grand for 10 minutes. Um, however, these people who are doing the display for us have offered very kindly to bring potential sponsors for a spin around the harbour, a tour in their aircraft or whatever the case may be. And there will be key vantage points as well that sponsors could take on board so that they could get the the finest view. From the piers, the bars on the piers, there's corporate areas booked up all around. So it's a fantastic event. I mean, the the torture is having to wait for it, Rich. But people, if they want Mm. to find out more about the Cove Air Spectacular, how can they do it? Is there a website? www.coveairspectacular.com Okay, well, we wish you the best luck in the preparation and the planning for this. Um, It's going to be great and I'm really looking forward uh, to attending it next summer. Rich McElwraith uh, of the Cove Air Spectacular, thank you so much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you too, Jonathan. Pleasure. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. Now, my next guest is with a company that works with contractors to make sure that they're fully tax compliant and takes the hassle out of that particular area of employment. And not only are they growing their business uh, from their base in Dublin, they're also looking to expand here in Cork. With me on the line from Icon Accounting is Ger Kernan, the Managing Director. Ger, how are you? I'm good, Jonathan. Thanks, for, thanks a million for having me on here today. Uh, lovely to talk to you. What does Icon Accounting do? Icon Accounting, we're an accounting firm who specialise um, in providing services to independent professional contractors. We're a one-stop shop, um, so if you're a contractor, you come to us and we will do everything for, for you, from setting up your limited company, managing your, your accounting, um, 
tax compliance, uh, tax planning, contract compliance, administration, and we also have a wealth management division um, to look after your personal finances as well. So come to us, we basically look after everything, Jonathan. Okay, well, it's an interesting area, contracting. People mightn't be familiar with it. What's the difference between contracting and and things like zero-hour contracts that people are, are hearing a lot of negative things about? Well, zero, with zero-hour contracts, I suppose there's negative connotations around zero-hour contracts. Um, you use the term precarious employment. Um, our, our clients are, are totally different. They're on a different end of the scale. I don't agree with zero-hour contracts myself, and I believe there's new legislation coming in to ban on them. Um, if you look at our client base, um, they're on the total opposite end of the scale of that. They're specialists. They're highly skilled. They're experienced professionals. Um, they work on a contract for services, so they're working on a project-by-project project basis. Um, they're usually paid by input. Um, could be days or hours, uh, daily rates typically, uh, but they're measured by output. So in effect, they're under a contract, and if they don't perform the contract, they could be out the door. You know, so so they pay them what they do rather than you know under a contract of employment. Okay, so. These are specialised people that you work in particular, and, and, and certain sectors uh, are, are key targets for your company. Well, traditionally, the sectors um, around um, contracting would be IT, engineering, life sciences, pharmaceuticals. Um, we'd be very strong in the IT space, and um, we're, we're, we're now getting into the engineering and life sciences. So they would be the traditional sectors. Um, but what we've seen, the growth of the contracting in the last five, six, seven years is, is, is these sectors. Now there's huge demand for workers in these sectors. So you will see that um, in the IT sector in particular, you know, it, 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 there's a skill shortage, so which drives demand, demand for these individuals. And of course, now you are looking at this market here in the south of the country as well. Traditionally, you were Dublin-based, but what kind of market are you looking for here in Cork and, and who do you want to sign up? Well, Traditionally, where we are a Dublin-based company, but I mean, we would have we would have a lot of clients in um, in, in the Cork and the and the Southwest region. Um, they would typically be in the the pharma industry, engineering, life sciences. So there'd be there'd be a strong um, there'd be a strong sectoral demand down there for, in in them areas. Um, so we're looking for engineers, um, people who are working in pharma. IT contractors. Um, so, I mean, that, that's where we're at at the moment. And we're, tr- we're, we're trying to um, set a base up down in Cork. Mm, and, of course, there are uh, plenty of companies of that ilk down here. You also specialise in something called the eye worker. Who or what is an eye worker? An eye worker is an individual who will who will typically... OK, I'll give you an example, probably the best one. Someone who will typically work on a project-by-project project basis. So they will be... Um, highly skilled, they would be experienced, they will be a specialist in a particular field. Um, what they want to do is they want, they want the flexibility around how they work, when they work, um, how they provide their services. Um, they will be extremely well paid, they, be, they will pay, be paid a premium over a, a normal worker, but for that they have the specialist skill sets um, that the that business needs. So the rise of the eye worker is something you're going to see more of, and you're you're predicting a lot of growth in this space over the next while. Do you think more and more people will opt for the contracting model instead of the traditional employment model and need services like Icon Accounting? 
Absolutely. Um, but what we're seeing, what we're seeing now, particularly in the sectors that we work in, is um, choice. So the individual worker has a choice now um, how they provide their service. So, like traditionally, you would have um, most people would be permanent, and most people still are going to be permanent, and they're going to be working, you know, for a salary plus their benefits, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But what we're seeing now with the workers is they're getting the choice. So if you take the IT software developer, he may have a choice of two or three different positions. Two of them may be a permanent position in the multinational. The other may be working as a project manager for um, a nine-month project. Now, they will weigh them up and they will say, hold on, maybe I want to go contracting. Uh, maybe I'll stay in a permanent position. They have the choice. Typically, they will get a, a large premium for taking on the contract and, 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 and maybe they will go that way then. Okay, well, it is a growth area and uh, here's wishing you and everybody in ICON the best of success. How do people get in contact with you if they're in this space and they want to find out more? Well, they can contact our, our website, www.iconaccounting.ie. There's a lot of information on that website. Um, we have a sign-up process as well or, or, or give us a call on 018077106 and we'd be happy to guide you through all the steps. On okay, the brilliant. Uh, Jar Kernan of Icon Accounting, we wish you the best of success. Thanks so much for joining us on Red Business. Thanks a million, Jonathan. Thank you. The only show in town for Cork Business, Red Business. So you have a big event and you need to sell tickets and you need to make sure that there are bums on seats and you need to make sure all that those bums are entertained by what is in front of them. So you need the experts. And with me now is someone who is with the company and has established a company to do exactly that. The company is called Event Plan and its operations director is Margaret O'Regan. Margaret, how are you? Thanks for joining us in Red Business. Thank you very much, Jonathan, for having me. I'm very excited to be here talking to you. Tell me a little bit about Event Plan. What do, I mean, I gave a very, very broad description of what you do there but what does event plan do? Well in summary I suppose what we do is we want to make sure that every event that we look after is a success. We work with each client to make sure that their event is unique and that it's going to fulfil the needs that they want from that particular event, whether it be attracting customers, um, giving a particular message to their suppliers, motivating their staff. That's what we work with and that's the what we want to do from the end. Good events don't just happen. There's a lot of planning goes into them. Oh, absolutely. You know, you p- if fail to plan and uh, prepare to fail. That's basically what we do. We... Um, work with the client to get a broad outline of what they want to achieve from a particular event. That's the first thing we we do. And then we start to visualise the event and plan from there to make the event happen and make it a success. Um, what's the biggest mistake that people make when they decide to do something? I think um, the most important thing that they need to have is a clear vision for what they want to achieve from the event and to have the right stakeholders involved in making that event happen. So, you know, we work predominantly with the corporate world. So you need to make sure that everybody's on board, whether from a financial point of view, from a HR point of view, if the event is on a particular site, that health and safety requirements um, are brought up to speed as early in the process as possible, facilities are involved and so all of those working together at a very early stage I think is very important that they set for the success of the event. I would have worked with uh, your colleague uh, Jenny at yes. a few events over the years in the Opera House. She's a, she's a hard taskmaster that's what <laughs> I tell you. She made sure I was in the right place at the right time but you need a Jenny, don't you? Absolutely. Well, I'm lucky that I get to go to work every day with Jenny so she's my business partner and my friend so I think that's a fantastic thing but absolutely, I suppose... 
part of what we do is is making sure that we say it as it is and I think Jenny says it as it is for the overall benefit of who we're working with and for the benefit of the event. So sometimes we yes we are seen as hard taskmasters but when we're at an event we're on it we're we're there it has to be switched on you have to make sure that everybody is where they need to be at the particular time that they need to be in your case you need to be mic'd up you need to be prepped you need to know I, I definitely speak. need to be prepped that's, that's, <laughs> you know, that's you a need major to, challenge you, for me in life you need to know um, you know the bio the people that are coming up next you need to be listening to maybe what they have said in their keynote speech if you're going to interview them afterwards. So it's just about having the right people there at the right time. People's expectations have changed, haven't they, about events. Uh, if you go to something nowadays it has to be a show. That There has to be, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be entertaining and yeah. crack, but you need to have something that engages the audience. Because I know as an MC over the years, the one thing I've always said is people's attention span is not what it used to be. So while they might have tolerated a 40 minute speech before, mm-hmm. they're not going to do it anymore. Absolutely. I think that the era that we live in now, Jonathan, you see that, is even when you're in seeing an event, the majority of people out in the audience are probably on their social media. They're tweeting, they're um, Facebooking, they're Instagramming. But the real problem and for me is I don't know whether they're tweeting <laughs> about the event or they're looking at YouTube. I, you, you just can't tell whether they've zoned out or they're still engaged. It's a real hard thing to to work out. Yeah, and I, I, I absolutely, that is the challenge for people who are presenting, for the people who are emceeing. Um, and I think that's something that means that the very much the agenda has to be jam-packed, I suppose. It has to be short bursts. And when we organise events, we make sure that obviously there's an opening. A, a very strong MC is very important. And it's somebody to kind of ask for that attention. I think actually in events, you know, and you've recently done one where you've had to say to people let's have uh, the attention here let's listen to the speaker Um, because these people are very important giving up their time giving Mm. up huge knowledge and a lot of the events we do it's knowledge that people are giving uh, inspiring knowledge Um, and I think that even you know listening to Katrina from Penny Dinners you know listening to Michael D. Higgins President Michael D. Higgins recently you know we can all learn so much but it's about switching off Mm. from the social media and giving yourself over to that person who's there in front of you for that moment. For your business, for event plan, obviously people, some people have amazing budgets. They can throw grands at an event and then others might, you know, have a couple of hundred quid to throw at it. Can you do it well on a limited budget or do you have to tailor your expectations as a result? Well, I think that absolutely you have to tailor your expectations. But once you know what your budget is, actually, I think if you have a budget, that's really the best place that any event can start from because then you can build from there. The hardest event um, to organise is when nobody has any idea what the budget is. So it's kind of like, sure, show me what you can do. And yes, we can show you what you can do, but ultimately somebody's got to decide whether this event, what is it going to cost? What are we going to um, have to put aside to this particular event? And more and more, you see corporate companies, they have to have a multitude of events throughout the year. So it's about trying to say, OK, this event is going to be have this mm. pot of money. We're going to save an X amount for another event. And, and it's knowing that. Look, as, as someone who does events on a regular basis, I enjoy the last bit. Uh, I hate the bit at the start where everyone's waiting around for it to begin, but I do enjoy the last link, as we call it, the last bit where you go up. Uh, and if I am having a drink of one of these things, it's only then that I'll have the glass of wine. Are you the same? Is there a point at which you go, oh, thank God, it's finally over? I think, well, you know, 
Yeah, when when you do breathe a sigh of relief at the very end. And for us, the very end is a lot later than everyone else. So it's when the van has been packed up and when we are, you know, basically leaving the venue and everybody has left the venue or the site in safe, happy, uh, fulfilled and that the client has got out of that event, I suppose, what they want. Um, But for us, we relax when we've done the debrief. So always after an event, we would go away, um, think about everything that's happened, break everything down, what worked, what didn't work. Every single event you learn something from to help you to move forward to the next one. And then we would always try and meet with those clients, get their feedback Mm. about how, you know, their customers, their suppliers, their staff felt on the day and then use that to move forward. So tell us how people can get in contact with you. If they have an event coming up and they need the experts, how do they find you? Yeah, well, our website is www.eventplan.ie or they can email me, margaret at eventplan.ie. Okay, well, we wish you and Jenny the very best of success in the future. I look forward to being told what to do by you guys at another event sometime soon. But Margaret O'Regan, Operations Director with Event Plan, thank you so much for joining us on Red Business. Fantastic, Jonathan, thank you. My thanks to all of my guests, as always. Don't forget, all episodes are up on redextra.ie and that's where you'll find Joanne O'Reardon's brand new podcast as well. Niamh Hennessy is the producer here and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast.